morning. Welcome to Kavanaugh. Stand with us. And let's praise the Lord together. Amen.
give the Lord a hand. Amen. It's good. You guys can be seated. Hey, good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, it's great to see you guys. Welcome to Kavanaugh Church this morning. It's so good to have you here. And everyone online, thank you so much for tuning in. Glad to have you as well. Been praying for you guys this week. Uh, so excited to always get together as a church, as the body of Christ, to be able to come here and celebrate what God is doing in our lives. He truly is doing so much for us. And to come here together to see you guys, to praise him for all he's doing is just a great time. So we're very thankful that you're here this morning. And we're praying that God continues to work and to move and move into our hearts and stir us in the, in the way that he wants us to live. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right back up. Get your exercise in today, and uh, again, it's so good to have you here, and uh, let's bow and ask God to be with us in our services. Lord, we love you, and again, thank you so much for being here today with us, God. Um, bring us all back together as your people. It's good to be here. Lord, we know that you got something really special for us today, um, and I know because I've heard it. First service, it's awesome. We're super excited uh, for what this group of people are going to hear this service. So, Lord... Go ahead and prepare the way for us. Open our eyes, open our hearts, and help us to receive everything that you want us here to hear today. Be with Brother Jason as he brings the message. God, touch him. Be with him as he does that. He remains faithful to your word. We love you and continue to bless our services. In your name, amen. Let's continue to worship.
encouraging verse to share with you this morning. We uh, are constantly bombarded with the heavy. And uh, so I want to give you a verse that I hope you remember, cling to it, memorize it. It's in Psalm verses 34 and verse 4. Uh, we're told throughout Scripture to fear not. Um, some say that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible, uh, one for each day. I, I don't know that that's true. I didn't count them, so just throwing that out. But I do know that over and over in the Scripture, God tells us to fear not. The reason he says that is because all of us are going to face at some time or another something that's really heavy or uh, overwhelming to us in our lives, something that we are fearful or anxious about. So this verse, Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Amen. That is a promise that as a believer... When you find yourself in that place, that's what we do. We cry out to him. We seek him. We pray. He hears. And he answers and delivers us from all of our fears. No one can silence our fears save Jesus alone. Let's see. Surrounding me, let it break. 
thankful that this psalm was written and we can read it and know how to come to you when we're afraid, when we're overwhelmed, when things are hard in our lives. Lord, help us to do like the psalmist and just seek after you because we know that you hear our prayers. Lord, we know that you alone will deliver us from all of our fears. We praise you this morning just for that, Father. We are not alone. You are our overcomer. We praise you in this place today and pray a special anointing on your word. Remove all distractions. Help us to focus solely on you. The name like no other, Jesus. Amen. mission at Kavanaugh Church is to win people to Christ. Tim, come here. Win people to Christ, to train believers to become disciples, and then send disciples back out into the world to make an impact. And uh, we do that as a church, but we also do it as individual followers of Jesus. I want to pray for my buddy right here, Tim Ward. Tim has been with us at Kavanaugh for, I don't know, forever, man. You've been here probably at least 20 years. I've been playing in our church band for a long time. Uh, He's a great drummer, great bongo player, man. If you ever watch him up here playing these bongos, he's just everywhere, man. He's tearing those bongos up. I love you, buddy. Uh, Tim's Tim's work has taken him out to West Texas, and uh, you've been doing that for a few years now. He'll be yeah seven years. He'll be out in West Texas a couple of weeks. Get to come home for a couple of weeks. Uh, The problem is he's got several promotions because he's a good worker, and because of those promotions, now he's got to live out there. And uh, I say that like it's a bad thing, but it's not, man. It's awesome. West Texas is great. Uh, Him and Amy are going to be moving to San Angelo, Texas. Now, I'm saying all this because San Angelo, Texas is a dark place, and we're sending our missionary, Tim Ward, out to a dark place to be a light for the Lord out there. And I know you're going to do good. We want to pray for you and Amy and, and the kids. I've been watching these kids grow up since they were just a little bitty, and they've turned into wonderful adults who love the Lord. Uh, Amy, I'm proud of you that you're, you're sticking with your man and going out to West Texas. Uh, just keep him straight while he's out there, would you? Would you join me? I want to do a double prayer. We're going to pray for Tim and Amy as they, uh, they leave and go to West Texas, but also want to lift up another member of our praise team, Ron Rogers. Uh, you know, Ron had a terrible accident on his motorcycle back in February of 2020. Uh, This morning, he spent the entire morning at Mercy in the emergency room. He has an infection. So let's join together, pray for Tim and Amy, also pray for Ron and Sandy. Can we do that? Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for my friend Tim and Amy. I love them so much, dear Lord. So proud of the way you've worked in his life and through his ministry. I pray, dear Lord, that you would bless them as they move to San Angelo. Uh, Lord, help them to find a place to live out there. I pray that they would find a church 
that they can, can connect with and have community with. And I pray that you would use, uh, continue to use Tim and Amy in your ministry and what you're doing in West Texas. We lift them up to you, Lord. Let them know that, that we love them and are praying for them. And together, Tim and I with the church pray for Ron this morning. Yeah. Uh, Lord Jesus, would you please touch Ron and Sandy. Let them know that their church family is praying for them as well. I pray that you would work mightily in his body. Bless him in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love you, my man. Thank God you, bless man. you, buddy. Bless you. Good deal. You pray for Tim and Amy. Keep praying for Ron as well. Well, I had surgery on Monday, and uh, for 48 hours, I, did, I didn't sleep any, and I've been on drugs all week. So uh, it was not good for me to preach this morning, and I'd ask Jason to fill in for me. Jason, I'm, I'm glad that I asked you because my heart was blessed first service, and I know your heart is going to be blessed. God's given him a great message for today. So would you let him know that you love him and are praying for him right now as Jason comes and preaches to us? Bless you, brother. Thank you, Brother Will, for letting me preach today. We're praying for you. Praying for you, Miss Angie, as you take care of Brother Will. How are we doing? Good morning, guys. What's up? Did y'all have your coffee? Are you awake? You're going to need to be. You're going to need to be. Listen, uh, my new favorite song, Dave, is called Rattle. It's Rattle. It was written by Stephen Furtick. He's the, he's the lead pastor at uh, Elevation Church, and they have a worship band and they're awesome. They, they, they put out some amazing worship music. So he wrote this song, and, and it's from their album, Graves into Gardens. So I'm going to reference some of that today. I'm not just stealing it and pretending it's mine. Disclaimer up front. I'm going I'm to share some cool things from it. But man, the first time I heard this song, whoa. I was, I was driving in my truck. Man, I, I got fired up, okay? I got fired up. So I thought I'd sing it for you today uh, before I preach. Yeah, well, the Lord didn't give me rhythm or singing ability, okay? So I know my, I know my zone, and that's not it. But instead, how about, how about we check out the video? All right, now listen, you better be awake, because it's, it's, it's happening, okay?
song. Man, you should have seen the first service. Harold Mountain Man, he's back there fist pumping in the air. Woo! We are fired up. How many of y'all have heard that song? Okay, well, you should all raise your hand because now you have heard it, okay? <laughs> but before, you've heard it before. Oh, man, awesome song. Listen, we're going to be in Ezekiel 37 today, and I'll kind of set this up for you. Uh, the children of Israel, they were, they were in bondage and slavery to the Babylonian army. They went into captivity because of gross idolatry. They turned their backs on God, and they, they sought after the false gods of the land. And God said, enough, guys, enough's enough. And they were, they were given over into slavery, into captivity. God's chosen people, man, they were scattered. And, and they, they were like dead people. Their hope was gone. And Ezekiel, he was God's priest, and he was sent to minister to his people, to give them encouragement in this time. And it was a difficult assignment. Nathan, it was a tough ministry. It was a tough ministry. Tougher probably than even youth ministry. Okay? It was tough, it was tough ministry. But listen, God, God gave him something that was incredible. And we're going to look at it today. So we're going to be in Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read a few verses, then we're going to break it down. I'm just going to give you some observations today from these verses, and I'm going to wrap it up and tie it up, and man, it's going to, it's going to hit us, all right? It's going to hit us. It's going to be real to us. The first thing I want to talk to you about is death in the valley. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 of Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Wow. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for uh, this service. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house right now. Lord, to hear from you, to connect with you, to sing praise to you. And Lord, right now is, is we hear from your word. Lord, we just want to hear from you, nothing else. So God, by your spirit, would you speak into our hearts today and change lives as only you can. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the life that you bring to us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you about this valley of death. So remember, Ezekiel, he's already in a bad place, man, and he's, he's living as, as a slave, as a hostage. And so God, in his spirit, takes him out of there, and he's going to take him on a journey. And you think, well, that's awesome, man, because, you know, when we're in a difficult place, man, when we're in pain, we don't like it. Brother Will, can I get an amen? When you're in pain, you want relief from that, right? Right? Okay, so you're thinking, oh, man, good, good, good for Ezekiel. God's taking him out of there for a little bit. He's going to get a break. But God takes him not to a great place, but to a dead place. I mean, he takes him to this valley, and when he gets there, there are bones everywhere. So this is a cemetery, but it's a cemetery where no one was even buried. They're just laying on top of the ground. Now, guys, come on. That's creepy. Would you admit? Would you say that's kind of creepy? Are you with me? I mean, now, when I was growing up as a kid, I'd be out in the pasture, you know, and, you know, hunting or fishing or exploring, as I like to do, and you'd come across, you know, old Bessie the milk cow, all right, and, you know, she'd taken her last breath, and I'm sorry, you don't really get that attached to cows as a general rule, I mean, you know, uh, most people don't, I like to eat them, 
you know, or do that. But Bessie, you know, and you see your bones there, and you just kind of look, oh, that's kind of cool, beach shadow cow bones, you know. You don't think much about it. But guys, if you're walking along, and all of a sudden you come to a valley of skeletons, of human bones, I mean, whoa. So, you know, Ezekiel's thinking, Lord, what are you doing to me? I mean, I'm already in this place of death. You know, we're, we're slaves. And now you're taking me to this cemetery where nobody was even buried. Guys, it was apparent something went really wrong for these people. Something went wrong. Nobody even cared enough or knew enough about it to give him a proper burial. So Ezekiel seeing all that, it doesn't stop there. God takes him back and forth. Now we're going to walk back and forth through the bones. Man, he's He's looking at all the bodies. Maybe he's counting them. If he's a preacher, he's probably can. He was. He was a priest. He's probably he's counting. Soldier, you know, he's counting them up, and uh, he noticed something. The bones were very dry. There's no life left in them. Okay, as Jace Robertson would say, they gone. All right, they're not coming back. Okay. So now Ezekiel, man, he's thinking, I really want to get out of here, okay? We don't like pain. We talked about that. Every night, every night without exception, our oldest son, Eli, ab time, ab time, doesn't he, Matthew? So we get it. It's ab workout. Well, I'm trying to hide, man. I'm eating, you know, some cookies, and then I'm trying to sneak out. Well, Dad, get in here. We got to do abs. So I'm like, oh, he caught me. Well, Matthew's smart. He gets in his room, and he does his abs on his own before, before Eli gets started. So every night... Sorry for using this word. But we have to watch this, this stupid workout video from this guy named Jesse. And I, I, hate, I hate Jesse, okay? And if your name's Jesse, no offense, I love you, okay? It's a cool name, but I hate this guy on this video because we're there and he's like, come on guys, work through the pain. You know, and we're doing this seven-minute ab workout. And, and old Jesse, man, he's just, hey, listen, I know it hurts. Don't think about the pain. Because if you think about the pain... If you think about the pain, Brent, you're going to quit. You're going to want to quit. So go to a happy place. Put your mind in a happy place. So my happy place will be socking Jesse in the nose, you know, for this workout. I'm like, ah. So every night, man, I want, I want to escape the pain, all right? Eli's been gone the last few days with his college buddies, and he's still, Dad, you do your abs? Yeah. Well, sort of, maybe. Not with Jesse, though. So Ezekiel sees all this death, man, all this pain. And then God asked him a question. This is crazy. Son of man, can these bones live again? <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> Ezekiel's a smart guy. You know, he's sick uh, in his mind. Ain't no way. Ain't happening. Okay? But he also knew who he was in the presence of. He knew the power of the one that had transported him to this valley. And he said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, that's a good answer. When I read that first service, Brother Will said, good answer. Ezekiel, where did it go? Ezekiel passed the test. That's a great answer. Guys, listen to me. We're going to find ourselves, each and every one of us, in pain. You're going to find yourself in the valley of bones. You're going to find yourself in heartache, in despair, in discouragement, in loss, in death of dreams. That's life. And sometimes you feel stuck in that hole. Man, you feel like you're in that grave. And you think, there's no way out. It seems impossible. But guys, you remember who the sovereign God is, just like Ezekiel did. And then we don't stay there. We don't stay there. Let's read on, because it gets better. Verses 4 through 6, we see a prophecy commanded. Then he said to me, prophecy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, 
Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. And listen to this part. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Don't you love that? Wow, man, that's so awesome. At the word of God, things happen. And so here's Ezekiel, man, and, you know, he's, he's a preacher. He's a priest. He's, he's being obedient to the Lord. So it's, it's already really weird. It's weird. You know, we're in this valley of bones, and then it gets stranger. And God says, all right, son, you're going to preach to these bones. You're going to preach my word to these bones, to these dry bones that have no life left in them. And Ezekiel could be thinking, Lord, what? Are you serious? I mean, what's the point? It's too late. They've already missed the message. They need to hear the word before the battle. It's over for them. You know, he could have said that. But instead, what did Ezekiel do? No hesitation. You got it, God. Give me the message. And he told him, he said, you're going to tell the bones that I'm going to breathe life in you. At the, at the spoken word of God, these bones were going to come back to life. Flesh was going to cover them. Skin was going to cover them. They were going to live again. And they were going to know that he is God. Now, that's, that's wild, isn't it? And this is one of the coolest stories in the Bible. This is wild. You can't make this up. Now, listen. Check this out. Many times in life, we are going to be called upon to do things to say things and to act in obedience to God's commands even when it doesn't make sense. Example, teenagers, raise your hand if you're a teenager. In this, stand up. If you're a teenager in this house, I want you up on your feet right now. Teenagers across the room, stand up. Yeah, give them a hand for being here. Praise God that you're here. Stand up, Matthew. Yeah. He's like, Dad, it's so nerdy. I'm not done. You guys keep standing up. Get back on your feet. Listen to me. Look at me. This is real. All right, y'all go ahead and sit down. It's fine. But you keep listening, or I'll make you stand back up. I'll sick Nathan on you. Get Tim and Wes up in the balcony. They'll get on you guys up there. Listen to me, guys. You're going you're gonna to find yourself, teenagers, you're going to find yourself in life facing situations where obeying God's word doesn't make a lot of sense. Because you're going to have friends around you and they're going to be doing things and telling you how much fun it is. And telling you how much you're missing out by not being a part of it. And you get to make a choice. You can say, you know what, I'm going to compromise my values, I'm going to compromise God's word and I'm going to just dive in and enjoy it. Or you can say, you know what, I may not feel like it, but I'm going to follow God's word. I'm going to make the choice now to obey God and to take a stand and to do what's right even if it's not cool. Adults, you're not off the hook. It doesn't end, does it, when you graduate? And you, you start working, and, and maybe you got a boss, and after work they're like, hey, we want you to go to this place, and uh, you know you shouldn't be there, right? And you know it's not a good place, and yet you're like, man, this is my boss, and, and am I going to lose my job if I don't go along with this? But you know there's things going on that are compromising your values, so you got to make a choice you got to make a stand. Even if it doesn't make sense to the world, you know who you're living for. 
Ezekiel, man, he was willing. Okay, Lord, I'll do it. I don't know why I'm preaching to dead bones, but I'll do it, God. And he proclaimed the word of the Lord. And then, because he was obedient, check out what happens next. There's, there's something awesome that happens in verses 7 and 8. Are you ready? They're on the screen. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He obeyed the Lord. And as I was prophesying, in other words, he's, he's proclaiming God's word. Listen to this. There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Wow. Now, this is awesome. Okay, this is awesome. So, Jeannie, are you in the house yeah, raise your hand back there. Okay, so I was doing some research. I wanted to know how many bones are in the human body. And I was so confused because it should be simple, but why is nothing ever simple? And so I looked this up, and I'm like, okay, one, one, the, first, the first thing that popped up, 206 bones in the adult body. Oh, good, I'll go with that. Well, I shouldn't have read on. Oh, well, some sources say more, you know. And then apparently, I guess kids and babies have more bones, in that, that, you know, haven't formed together. I don't know. Jeannie, please explain after service to me, okay? But can we go with 206 bones in the human body? Is that remotely accurate? Okay, I got a head nod. Good. Okay, she's like, you're hopeless. Don't worry about it. So, all right. So I, I said that to say, imagine, guys, 206 bones in the body. These bones are scattered. I mean, we're talking about a, a graveyard where there's bones scattered everywhere. I mean, Guys, not to be gross, but be real. Wild animals have, have drugged some of these bones off. I mean, they're, some of these bones, they're, they're under the dirt. They're, you know, they're everywhere. But when the word of God was spoken, these bones rattled. These bones moved. When God speaks, when the truth of his word is proclaimed... Guys, things happen, even if you don't know it. And I can just imagine old Ezekiel, and he's preaching the word of God, and all of a sudden, he hears something, man, this clattering noise, and he's like, what's going on? What's that noise? And all of a sudden, man, I can just envision this, that all of a sudden, bones are scooting across the ground. You know, they're knocking sand and pebbles and dirt out of the way. Maybe they're just flying through the air, boom, 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 and they're putting skeletons back together, just like that, man. 206 bones scattered all of a sudden, they have formed to make a complete skeleton. And in my juvenile mind, I can't help but think of Iron Man, you know, and Tony Stark. Because, like, I'm, like, visualizing this, like, how cool. Because, you know, uh, Stark, man, he made the Iron Man suit. So at his command, the suit can just, what, fly out of midair? Have you seen it? You know, like, boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden, he's an armed soldier. I was going to show the video, but Joy said, no, too many videos, you know, in the sermon. We'll check it out later, Okay. So that's how I envision this, man, like Iron Man. Here's these bones just, boom, 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 and skeletons, and wow. And Ezekiel, man, he's like, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> whoa. And then I love what Ezekiel said. I looked, and this is what happened next. You better believe he was looking. Like, he wasn't going to take his eyes off this. You know, he might have been thinking, I mean, is this like the world's first, you know, scary movie? I mean, this is, guys, this is weird, right? This is not Normal, everyday stuff. So here's Ezekiel, and he's checking this scene out. And then he said, as he watched, tendons formed over the bones, ligaments, and then muscle, tissue, fat. We don't like to say that word, but, you know, skin. Formed, fully formed bodies. Unbelievable. Can you imagine what is going through this man's mind? 
But did you notice what he said? There was no breath in them. They looked whole, but there was no breath. They needed God's Spirit in them. They needed the breath of God in them because there was no life in them. Take away for us on this, guys, how many people, how many people are walking around and they look normal on the outside, but on the inside, man, they're dry bones. They don't have God's presence in their life, and, and they're dead men walking. They're dead women walking. Huh? How many people, guys, listen, we've got to have, we're desperate for God in our life. And my prayer today is that you will have that hunger and acknowledge your need for God in your life because without him, you're a dead man walking. You're like these corpses on the ground with no life in them. You look good, you look whole, but there's nothing there. They needed God to breathe upon them, and that's exactly what happened in verses 9 through 10. Check it out. Therefore, he said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Wow, now it's getting really cool. So again, my mind, I don't know why, stuck on movies, but I went to another movie, just like that. Pew. Not at the museum. <laughs> There's this security guy, and he lands this job, and and. He really needed a job. He was having trouble keeping a job. But he landed this job. He thought, man, this is a gravy train. You know, all he had to do, he goes to this Museum of Natural Science and History, and all he's got to do, all he's got to do is watch the museum at night. He's just got to guard it. You know, he thought, this is going to be easy. It's going to be boring. And he's a funny guy, so like he's, he's walking around and looking at all the exhibits, you know. And man, they look real. But they don't move. They're wax, but man, you can't tell it. I mean, they look real. Any of y'all ever been to a wax museum? I mean, they're, they're, they look real. So he's, uh, he's interacting with them. Of course, you know, no, he getting nothing. But what he didn't know is at night. Don't get scared. It's creepy. At night, there's this mysterious power at the museum. And all the exhibits come to life. So all of a sudden, he's running from the T-Rex, you know, trying to eat him. The lions are trying to eat him. He's trying to, you know, keep the armies from fighting. All the soldiers come to life, and they're duking it out, man. And, and if the museum's not in perfect condition every morning, he loses his job. So he's got he's to control all this chaos. But in my mind, you know, I'm like, I'm envisioning these soldiers, and they're, they're just those wax, you know, wax figures in a museum. There's no life in them. But then God tells Ezekiel, he says, son of man, it's time to preach the word again. Okay, so we're doing it. First he formed them. Now we're going to preach again in God's spirit. The word breath is translated, it literally means spirit. The spirit of God is going to enter these men. And they're going to know that he is Lord. They're going to know it. I was thinking about in creation. You remember Adam. God formed him from the dirt, right? Eve was formed from the rib from Adam's side. The rest of creation, God just spoke it, man. He just, boom. Water, boom. Sky, boom. Lights in the air, boom. Birds, fish, animals, boom. Spoke it, boom. But man, he fashioned, he shaped, he formed him. But then, he breathed his breath of life into man. The very spirit, the very power of God entered into man, giving life. Guys, he's the source of our life. Ezekiel knew this. And wasn't it cool that God let Ezekiel be a part of it? 
there was nothing magical or powerful about Ezekiel. He just preached the truth, and God did the rest. Guys, that's our mission. We, we know, we know the power of the resurrection. And when we preach the truth, when we proclaim Jesus, then God will do the rest. His Holy Spirit will do the rest. The boys' old football coach, he'd tell the boys to the line, man, you block, you block that guy in front of you, then, then you get out the way so the running back can go do his thing. That's all we got to do, guys. Proclaim the truth, then get out the way and make room for the Holy Spirit to do the rest. God's the one that transforms lives, and he breathed life into these soldiers, and they knew that he was Lord. And it doesn't stop there. He goes on in verses 11 through 14, and he explains this craziness to Ezekiel. And I love it when God, you know, interprets his own word for us, because we need it. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And listen to this part. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. The last thing I want to draw out of this is, is graves into gardens. And that's exactly what happened. The Israelites, man, they're like, dude, we're, we're dead. We're in tombs. We're in, we're in bondage. There's no hope for us. We're never getting out of this. Any of y'all, I hope I can do this without crying. Any of y'all uh, seen the movie or read the book Where the Red Fern Grows? Angie Shrum, I know you have because you and your sister did a podcast about it. And uh, listen, wow. In the sixth grade, Mrs. Trimble read that to us. She cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. The whole stinking class cried like a baby. That's horrible. How many of y'all, how many, how many of y'all are familiar with it? Seriously, guys, I mean, I thought everybody was going to know this one. I can't think about it without almost crying. I'm not like an emotional guy. That's the saddest most horriblest, worst story that I've ever read in my life. This boy, it, yeah, it, it, it's worse than old yeller. This boy, he, he, he gets, he saves his money and he gets these two red bone coon hounds. And he loves these puppies and they're poor, they don't have a lot, but man, he saved up his money and he got those hounds, he trained them. Him and his grandpa and they hunted coons. I did that growing up. We had coon dogs, okay? Maybe that's why I cried so much. <sighs> Hope I get through it now. They start winning. Man, these, these, uh, he enters them in competitions. They win all this money, and he's giving the money to his family because they were poor. They didn't have anything. They raised up here in Tahlequah. And, man, it was, uh, man, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was life-changing for this family. But then one night, they treat a mountain lion. Mm. It was going to kill old Billy. It was attacking him. But old Dan, old Dan, he jumped in there and he fought off the mountain lion. And old Dan, he didn't, he didn't pull through. Right? Y'all know? 
And then little Ann, she was so sad. That was his other coon dog. She was so sad about old Dan dying that she just laid down and she gave up. She'd lost the will to live and she died. Billy buried them both. It was awful. His dad, his dad told him, he said, he came and gave him the pep talk speech. You know, son, it's going to be all right. He said, what you didn't know is we set all that money back you gave us and we, we raised enough money up. We're going to move to town and you guys are going to get to go to a good school and get a good education because we want that for y'all. Well, we knew we could never split you all up from your, your dogs. So we were going to let you live with Grandpa. But now that the dogs are gone, you can live with us. And, and old Billy, man, that didn't help a lot, you know, at the moment. Didn't help him. But he went back to their gravesite. Guys, quit laughing. This hurts. He went to the gravesite. And there it was. Angie, what was it? What did he see? The red fern. There was a red fern growing up at the gravesite. So he knew that was like God's sign to him. Son, I worked this whole thing out. Provided for your family, but we're not going to split up the family. So he, he had peace about it, you know. And then I still cried. It was awful. I don't know why y'all are laughing about that. But listen. Man, God, you know what he can do? He can turn graves into gardens. And that's what he did for Israel. He took this scattered nation. And he told old Ezekiel, son of man, you go and prophesy. You go preach my word. He's like, you got it, Lord. He's already seen. He's thinking, man, if he can do this with dry bones, what can he do with living people, right? So he preached the word. And it's like, hey, you're going to live again. Hear the word of the Lord. And you're going to know that God did it. And that's exactly what God did. He took those dry bones. He took that destroyed nation. He built them back up. He brought them back home in 70 years. And they settled back in their land. They built houses. They planted gardens. They raised crops. They had families. And from that nation would come Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Our hope of the world. So guys, we got the greatest message. And listen to me today, when God speaks, man, things move. When God speaks, bones rattle. When God speaks, the earth shakes and tombstones roll away. And you're like, oh, that's great for you, Jason. You know, you, yeah, it worked out great for those soldiers in the valley, but you don't get me. You don't understand me because, you know, I expected God was going to do something in my life, and it didn't happen. And because of that, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little cold. I'm a little burned. It's a little hard for me to trust God because he didn't answer things like I thought. My life doesn't look like I thought it would. My marriage doesn't look like I thought it would. My, my parenting and my kids didn't turn out like I thought it would. My career doesn't look like I thought it would. My bank account isn't what I thought it would be. Guys, whatever your dreams, whatever your hopes, whatever your plans, when they get changed, and we don't, we don't like change too much, do we, as a general rule. And my, my natural, you know, fleshly side, I don't, I, I don't like change. I mean, just ask Joy about my Bronco too that I'm still hanging on to from high school, okay? You know, I need help, all right? But guess what? As I've gotten older, I am learning to embrace change and to look forward to change and to enjoy change. We can't stay the same. God, he's got something else for us. 
But here's a temptation. All right, hang with me. I'm almost done. Hang with me. Y'all been amazing. But here's the temptation. Here's, here's, where it, here's where it gets real. We have expectations, and when those expectations go unmet, it's very easy for us to get negative and bitter and resentful, and we would never admit it out loud with our lips, but in our heart and our mind, we're channeling it back to God. Lord, you didn't do this. Lord, you didn't come through. And we're telling God how he should have ran our lives. We're telling God what he should have done in our lives. And guys, if we get stuck there, that's a dangerous place to be. We're stuck in a grave. And we got we to gotta, we gotta do something, guys. We got to realize that if there's going to be a resurrection, first there's got to be a death. All right? You with me? Oh, Martha, man, she had expectations about what Jesus should have done for her brother Lazarus. Lord, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But let me tell you, let's go, let's, go to the, let's go to the tomb that they put Jesus in. You know who the first person to lay eyes on Jesus after the resurrection? You know who it was? Mary Magdalene. Wasn't the disciples. You see, they were resisting the death of Jesus. They didn't want to hear it. I think they blocked it out. Jesus tried to tell them, I'm going to die, and in three days, I'm going to rise again. He told them over and over. Peter rebuked him. They didn't want to hear the message. No, Lord, don't leave us. Don't you do it. But old Mary Magdalene, you remember what her life was like before she met Jesus? She had seven demons in her, and Jesus freed her. So isn't it interesting that the person with the most messed up life was the first one to see Jesus at the, at the tomb, at the empty tomb? Because I think she embraced what had died. You see, she went to the grave on Friday. She faced the hard things. And because she did that, she was able to see the risen Savior on Sunday. Man, I love that. Joy always says this, do the hard things. Do the hard things. When you're facing grief in your life, do the hard, face the pain. Don't just block it out, face it. So today, whatever your disappointment in life is, whatever hasn't went the way you thought it was going to go, and by the way, we all fall into that category, it's time to say, Lord, I'm laying at your feet. It hurts, but God, I give it to you, and I trust you with it. And God, I'm going to look forward to the new thing that you're going to do. You see, when something dies, God's going to raise something up new in your life. Now, it may not be in the same form. It may look different, but it's a new thing. But if we're stuck in the past, we can't enjoy the new thing because we're hung up on our pain. So today, man, I'm just asking you, lay it at the Lord's feet and say, God, it looks different than I thought, but it's okay because I know you want to do a new thing. And you ask God, what's a new thing that you're going to do? Listen to me, guys. When God speaks, things move. I'm going to, I'm going to reread just a few verses from that song that we played at the beginning. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise going to make a dead man walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Guys, today, Jesus is the resurrection. And he wants to do something awesome in your life now. Not just last week or last year or decades ago, but right now.
And yes, we got a future to look forward to, and we will look forward to that. But guys, right now, your life isn't over. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. So release your plans. And trust God when he says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Embrace that into your life and then say, God, I'm ready. God, what are you going to raise up in my life? God, what new thing are you going to do today? Would you all stand to your feet with your heads bowed, nobody looking around? Guys, do you believe it that dry bones are going to live again? Listen to me. They put Jesus in the tomb. They sealed it. But when God said move, that stone rolled away. The stone that covered Jesus on Friday was rolled away on Sunday to reveal the resurrection. So today, we can boldly say, Jesus got up, and I will too. So if there's something in your life that, man, you just can't get past, I'm just going to ask you right now, in your, where you're at, where you're standing, man, make an altar there and just say, God, I'll release it to you. I'll accept the change, and God, I'll look forward to what you're going to do new because I know you can't do anything new if I'm still stuck in the past. So, guys, we don't have to stay in that valley of death. Let God do something new in your life right now. Receive it, anticipate it, be ready for it. And today, if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, man, that's the first step is admitting your sin and believing Jesus died for you and rose again and confessing Him as your Lord. So as I pray, if you need to do that today, as I'm praying, you just pray in your heart. Say, Lord, I admit that I've sinned. I believe you died for me. And today I'm, I'm trusting you as my Savior. You just pray that prayer in your heart as I pray. People across the room, you online. You pray. Whatever, whatever you need to release to the Lord, do it. And let's look forward to the new thing God wants to raise up in our life. God, we love you. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for salvation, for eternal life. Today, Lord, would you move in our lives. Lord, help us to let go of the things that are holding us back and help us to look forward to the new growth that you want to bring in our lives. It's a new season, Lord. So whatever it looks like, Lord, we want to glorify you. Help us to be ready for it. Lord, today, if people need to receive Jesus as Savior, help them to do that, to trust you as their Lord and receive the gift of eternal life. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, and if you need to talk to one of us after service, man, we're here, okay? Let us know if you prayed that prayer of salvation. Yes. Thank you, Brother Jason. Y'all give him a big hand. That's a great message. Fantastic. Thank you, brother. I, I, I heard dry bones rattling all through this service as he preached, and, and I know it's because God is bringing life into you. So if you have a need, please come and talk to one of your pastors. We love you, and we're here to minister to you. If you have questions, we can try to answer those through the Word of God. Uh, most of all, we just want you to find life in Jesus Christ. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that was great, man. I, I don't know... Uh, I really don't have very much influence over the music here, but I think we could do that song. I think, I think our praise team could do that one, don't you? Yeah, love it, man. Love, love that song. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, as you was preaching and got to the Red Fern story, 
Uh, I know an old preacher, it, he, right when he got ready to give the invitation, he'd tell a bird dog story. And he had hundreds of people would come to the altar and pray because he told a sad bird dog story. Only thing better than a bird dog story is a coon dog story. <laughs> it, it, it will rip your heart out. I was, uh, I was laughing through my crying over there. So great, great message. Wasn't that great? Fantastic. Hey, right before you uh, leave today, make sure you mask up as you walk out. We have our little black tithe boxes in the hallway. Drop your tithe in there or you can give online. 6.30 tonight, we're going to have adult Bible study, uh, Facebook Live. Ronnie Fox is going to be the teacher of that, so y'all tune in and listen to a great lesson. Then 7 o'clock Wednesday, we're going to be live in person uh, the kids are going to meet, teenagers have a service, and adults will be in here. Continue to pray for Ron Rogers. Also pray for Charlie Wagner. Charlie is in the hospital, as well as Wayne Davis. Uh, Wayne has been in the hospital all week. In fact, they called a code blue on Wayne while he was in the hospital. We almost lost him, but there's been a, a miracle in his life, and he's doing much better. But do pray for these three men uh, from our church who are in the hospital today. I want you to know that you're loved by your staff, by your pastor, and most of all, by God. Have a great day, a great week, and let your light shine for him. You're dismissed. <laughs>